0: Welcome into to No Pun Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo, and boy, do we have a lot to cover today. Uh, if you're listening on 97.3 Sunshine Jams in Miami-Fort Lauderdale, first, thank you. Second, if you missed any of the shows want to listen back to them, you can find us on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to, music, podcasts, wherever it may be. Also, third, if you're a Dolphins fan, uh, you're now becoming New England South because it's honestly been ridiculous how many former Patriots have signed with either the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, or the Tennessee Titans. And joining me to break all of this down, as always, Josh Hudson. Josh, how are you?
1: Man, this has been an exhausting couple days of NFL news. But I'll tell you what, with everything that's been coming over, this whole coronavirus pandemic that has basically wiped out sports, this could not have come in a better time and I am so grateful for that.
0: I agree we we needed some form of sports, right? Because at there was there was like no sports last weekend. I think no. the, I think the UFC had a fight and there was horse racing. I I've resorted to watching marble racing on Twitter. People keep posting <laughs> videos. This, this is not a joke, people. If you. It, oh,
1: I've seen the clips. <laughs> it's un- unbelievable.
0: If you've seen the one with the light blue marble, that one was clearly taking steroids. Okay. He ga- gave a little tease. He was like, huh, oh, I'm in first. He dropped back to third on purpose, and then he just sped by the rest of them onto his way to a W. It is invigorating, and they need to figure out how to, way to make live betting a possible option on that. Anyways, uh, how we're going to essentially go through all the madness here. A uh, little quick recap of the CBA. Going to go over basically a franchise tag roundup. We're not going to dive into it at all. Then we're going to go through the trades, which to date have been four. So to date, just again, at the time of this uh, recording and show, four big ones. And uh, then we'll you know go into free agency, some of the big names that move around and how it affects uh, you and fantasy football. Starting with the new CBA, the players voted yes. I believe it was point. 8 to 48.2
1: yeah it was, it was really close it was
0: almost dead even uh, but now teams can only use one tag either the franchise or the transition tag so that's new uh, for this CBA seven playoff teams which if you listen a couple weeks ago three weeks ago I voiced my hatred of that I think that's idiotic the NFL is one of the few leagues that actually only lets in the good teams and now you're you're essentially you're letting in the Steelers. If you're going to last year, you're letting in the Steelers. Were Not the a Steelers good. a playoff team last year? God no, no, they weren't a play. So like that's the point is unless there's more parity in the league, and you know it was an anomaly that the Titans made it to the AFC Championship last year. Unless there's more parity in the league like that, I think it's stupid. The NHL can get away with it letting half the league in because there's parity in the NHL. Any team can win on any night the NFL. Yes. Any team can win. But if I told you that Nick Foles, the new bears quarterback uh, is playing against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs who would win 99 times out of a hundred, the chiefs there's, there's no shot. So there's no parity. And once there becomes that, maybe this gets better. 17 games as well. That won't take effect this year. It'll take effect next year. So we still have a 16-game schedule this year. Franchise tag roundup. A lot of them. Dak Prescott has the exclusive franchise tag from the Dallas Cowboys. Cincy tagged A.J. Green, R.I.P. Uh, Tennessee tagged Derrick Henry. Kansas City tagged Chris Jones. Tampa Bay Shaq Barrett. The Giants, Leonard Williams, for some stupid reason. The Jaguars... Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, the Chargers, Hunter Henry, Baltimore's Matthew Judon, Pittsburgh's Bud Dupree, Washington's Brandon Sheriff, and Denver's Justin Simmons. And the transition tag was placed on Kenyon Drake. So, basically, the, the Cardinals now have the first right of refusal. They can match any deal that Kenyon goes out to try and get.
1: And even that transition tag for Drake is worth over $8 million this year. Yeah, and I... Which I mean, that's essentially what he was aiming for in free agency was between eight and ten. That, that's what the initial reports were. So, I mean, if they can work out even like a three-year deal for say twenty-five million, I think that's worth it for Drake.
0: I mean, I I remember when we when we looked at it. You know, we compared what looking at AAV guy, someone that uh, currently, if, if Kenyon Drake. Has this transition tag on him and, and it stays. It's just under eight and a half million. So he is currently in between Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley. Saquon at just under eight on a rookie contract. Derrick Henry at just over ten uh, ten and a quarter on the franchise tag. So the guys below Kenyon Drake are Jarek McKinnon, Leonard Fournette Who just
1: restructured his deal.
0: He did. Jarek McKinnon, Leonard Fournette, Lamar Miller. Austin Eckler, Duke Johnson, like, when you look at the guys under Kenyon Drake and look at the back half of the season he had last year, $8 million is not unreasonable for him to ask for. I agree. In my opinion. Saquon's on a rookie contract. you can't do anything about that. I believe Fournette is still on his rookie contract. Can't do anything As about that. As is McCaffrey, correct. As is McCaffrey. Eckler just signed a new deal, but this was the really first year that he stood out, um, which, again, not taking anything away from him. But you have guys like Lamar Miller at $6.5 million. Uh, again, like he's, that was his contract last year. We don't know what's happening this year, but his last contract was $6.5 So Drake getting 8-10, to 10, not unreasonable, in my opinion. Now, moving into some... Oh, I'm sorry. I, one more. Uh, the Browns placed the second-round tender on Kareem Hunt. So RIP to Nick Chubb's career for at least the next God. year. Yeah, that was tough. I didn't like that. That was tough. So... <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna work basically backwards from where we're at today, March nineteenth, to uh, basically the, the past few days when the league year officially began when the CBA was signed. So most recently, again at the time of this show, Nick Foles was traded to Jacksonville. So Chicago, I'm sorry, bleh, Nick Foles was traded to Chicago. Chicago received Nick Foles, and Jacksonville received. Uh, a twenty twenty fourth round pick which currently sits at uh number one forty. So they now
1: I believe have twelve draft picks in this in upcoming for next month. Jacksonville? Yeah.
0: I mean they've traded away everybody, so they should have yeah. they should have so that many.
1: They're they're gonna have a lot to do. Two first round picks, two fourths, the second, a third, and some late rounders as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do in terms of building that team to either Help Marone keep his job, or set up the next coach that comes in.
0: I agree, and I find it interesting that Chicago was the suitor for Nick Foles because they were rumored to be in on Andy Dalton, and as well as Cam Newton. Exactly, and I don't really know. Looking at the two of them, Nick Foles or Andy Dalton, who would you rather have? I mean, I
1: well, Nick Foles has familiarity with Matt Nagy. That, Remember and that's this fair. is all from Andy Reid's coaching tree. Nagy was in Kansas City uh, with Nick Foles before Foles signed in uh, Philly in in 2017. So there is a familiarity there in terms of offensive verbiage and that sort of thing. I
0: I still I still feel Chicago didn't get better with this move. They they didn't.
1: Well, I think maybe they didn't get better. But really, what they're ultimately saying is, all right, Trubisky, this is your time to shine. We're paying this guy a lot of money to basically sit on the bench and hold a clipboard for you. So it's either show up or get shipped out, one or the other.
0: And that's fair. That's maybe, essentially what this move is. Maybe it's it's just to kick Trubisky in the ass and say, hey, we need you to perform better. Basically. Uh, don't I go mean,
1: up. it would have been no different if they would brought in Dalton or Newton. would have sure. been the exact same thing.
0: Don't go out and draft Trubisky. That's not what we're saying. Uh, let's pump the brakes on that or draft Nick Foles, but it'll be an interesting time in the quarterback room for Chicago. Uh, a smaller trade that wasn't really talked about, which I kind of feel has a, a solid amount of uh, traction. Andy uh, Janovich, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, was traded to the Cleveland Browns, for a 2021 7th round pick that goes back to Denver. Now, I, I probably a lot of you have no clue who this Andy Janovich is, unless you are a Broncos fan. But be a fullback. He's a, he's a good fullback, too. Yeah. So, I, I can't remember. But this
1: is a Stefanski offense. They had C.J. Ham in Minnesota last year. Yeah. He ended up getting, I believe, rewarded with a three-year deal this offseason. He was great. So, and again, leading the way for Dalvin Cook and in spot duty, Alexander Madison, and for a couple games, Mike Boone. This is what Stefanski wants to do. He wants to run the football. I believe the Vikings last year had, they were like bottom five or something in pass attempts in the league. Like they are going to run the football. So bringing in a guy at, at fullback to lead block for, Nick Chubb, who you know was second in the league last year in rushing, and then Kareem Hunt, who, oh, by the way, led the league in rushing two years ago, they could have a very dynamic running game. The problem is, for fantasy purposes, you don't really know which one is going to shine week in and week out yep. and who really is going to get the lion's share of the carries or touches for that matter.
0: On the other side of things, for Denver, this affects Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. So, I don't know if Denver has a backup plan, but they... Well,
1: Denver has gone through and they've beefed up their offensive line route. So, remember, last year they signed Jawan James to play right tackle for him from Miami. He missed all of last year with an injury. This year they go out, they sign um, Graham Glasgow. You know, another eleven, ten, eleven million $11 per year to play guard. They still have Garrett Bowles. They still have a couple pieces there. Um... They, they have the makings of a solid offensive line. So really, even by losing Janovich, really what that tells me is that maybe they're trying to go away from fullback sets and let the running backs, you know, single-eye formations, you know, maybe put both of them on the field at the same time because you're, you know, run those 21-type packages, 22-type personnel packages that ultimately give you an advantage on offense over defenses because most defenses don't, have packages for 22 and 21 personnel.
0: You're, you're not wrong. Uh, I just, I think, I think we saw it last year with the Patriots is when Sony Michelle lost James Devlin, there was nothing. He couldn't do anything. And I'm not saying that Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are the same way, but we don't know. And this, this could very well affect how they run. And again, Denver might have a plan. But they did just give Janovich away for yeah. literally nothing. It is a seventh round pick next year. That is nothing.
1: Yeah. Like, to me this was the salary dump.
0: Sure. but it was it's only a, a salary million.
1: dump and it's a change in offensive philosophy. I mean you look at what Drew Locke's biggest strength is, it's throwing the football downfield. And we've seen what Cortland Sutton can do on the outside. He has great speed. he can get down the field. Noah Fant is one of the better field stretchers at tight end simply because of his speed. He's going into his second year. He flashed last year. Royce Freeman was really the better pass-catching running back in 2019. But then there's reports that they are potentially wanting to move on from Freeman to give Lindsey more of a feature role, but then find another compliment for Lindsey. But Lindsey was their ultimate pass-catching back in 2018. There's a lot of rumors that they're potentially looking at uh, a receiver in the first round, maybe someone like Henry Ruggs to compliment Cortland Sutton. So this tells me that they want to stretch the field, and you don't need a fullback to do that.
0: Sure, and that's fair. Moving on to some other ones, some of the, basically the three sexy ones, as as I'd like to call it, starting with the trade between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo.
1: Oh, this one got me hyped.
0: Buffalo acquires Stefan Diggs in a 2020 seventh round pick from Minnesota for a 2020 first round pick, sixth round pick, and fifth round pick from 2020 in a 2021 fourth round pick. Buffalo's first round pick this year is number 22. So Minnesota will now have two first round picks this year uh, as of right now, heading into the 2020 draft. I'm I'm not going to lie. I weirdly think Minnesota might end up winning this trade if we look at this like three years from now because they they got a solid haul, I think. You got a first rounder. I agree, 100%. You got a first rounder for Diggs, who I believe was a fourth rounder for you guys. He was a fifth, actually. He was a fourth or a fifth. So you got a first, which already above his value, what you got for him, a fifth, which was the same thing, a sixth, which is below, and then a fourth, Next year, which, again, is above what you got him for already. I think, honestly, Minnesota
1: got a fantastic
0: haul for Stephon Diggs. But on the other side, Buffalo.
1: They they got their number one. Ooh. This is ultimately what they were trying to do last year when they, they initially swung the deal for Antonio Brown, who basically said, uh, hell no, I'm not going to Buffalo.
0: I, I agree, but... Who who I'm more excited about not Stefan Diggs, not Josh Allen. I'm excited for John Brown. I agree. Because John Brown once again is going to get looked over and remember John Brown is now not getting the number 1 guy. John Brown might not even get double covered. He's going to have single coverage on the second or third best guy. Hello.
1: Yeah. And 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 already he's had time to build a rapport with Josh Allen.
0: And it's a good rapport, too.
1: And it's and it was a productive report i mean he was top 20 wide receiver in fantasy last year this to me bringing in Diggs, i think is ultimately it it accomplishes a couple things one now defenses have to respect a you know really what is one of the best route runners in the nfl like stefan Diggs has a quick first step he can separate he's got good speed he has good hands and he can get down the field john brown like watching him run routes last year I did not realize how good he was at running routes. Oh, my God. He was fantastic. So now you have two really standout wide receivers that can create separation through their ability to run routes and have good speed. And, oh, by the way, you have Cole Beasley, who was the top 30 wide receiver in fantasy last year. You have Dawson Knox, who can stretch the field at tight end. You have Devin Singletary, who can catch passes and, you know, also is pretty quick. And Josh Allen has a big arm. This offense is going to be something to watch. The biggest key is going to be how much progression is Josh Allen going to make as a passer? Because he relies a lot on his legs and the rushing production at, you know, for yards and touchdowns. Is it, it Does this move get him up to 25 passing touchdowns? We don't know. Another- but at least now he has the opportunity to get there because of the weapons that Buffalo is trying to surround him with.
0: Sure. Another guy that you didn't mention that I think is worth mentioning in that offense is TJ Yeldon. They acquired him from Jacksonville last year via free agency. And he's,
1: I don't think he's on the team anymore, dude. Is he not? No, I think they released him at training camp last year.
0: No, he was on the team. Get out of here.
1: No, I'm double checking the roster now, but yeah, I think they released him really early. Well, no, according to ESPN, he is still on the team, but I don't think he played a whole lot last year. (laughs) No,
0: no, he didn't. But you got to remember, it was Frank Gore and Devin Singletary ahead of him. Now, at this point, it's just Devin Singletary.
1: Yeah, I mean, he basically played in four games for
0: him. Sure. But you got to remember in Jacksonville, he was the primary uh, catching back between him and Leonard Fournette. So I, I think that that's just another weapon to add into the mix if they want to. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Atlanta and Baltimore made a trade. Baltimore acquired a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. Atlanta acquired a 2020 fourth-round pick and in tight end Hayden Hurst. You remember, I love this deal. For who?
1: I love it for both teams, actually. You okay. know, obviously, Baltimore has moved on from Hurst already because Mark Andrews has been an absolute stud for them. So this ultimately creates more opportunities for Andrews. Because remember, they were basically trotting out a, a trio rotation between Nick Boyle, Mark Andrews, and Hayden Hurst. And you know Andrews, was I don't even think, was playing 60% of the snaps. And he was able to do what he did. Now, he has the opportunity to push for 70% of the snaps on offense. And we see the rapport that he's already developed with Lamar Jackson. You get a couple of draft picks in there that – They can add more around him, fill in that defense, plug a couple holes on the offensive line, add some depth pieces, whatever it may be. On the flip side of that, Atlanta just lost Austin Hooper, which we'll get to that in a second. So they needed a a tight end, a pass-catching tight end. Hayden Hurst is a very well-rounded tight end. He can block in line. He can get down the field. He's not going to be a field-stretching guy like a Noah Fant or an Evan Ingram or even a Mark Andrews. But he can be that sort of, you know, Jason Witten, Tony Gonzalez-esque that is just, you know, catches the ball, gets a few yards upfield, and that's that. He can extend drives. And that's really what they used Austin Hooper for. Like, that was the role that they used him for. Matt Ryan throws his tight ends. That's not a secret. They released Devonta Freeman. So right now they don't even have a running back. That tells me the draft is going to be pretty important for them. And nobody's going to be covering Hayden Hurst because everybody's going to be paying attention to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley.
0: I think I think Hurst could could sneak into the top fifteen in terms of tight ends this year.
1: Oh, I think he has top ten upside. I don't know that he'll finish there, but again, he has that type of upside because of what we've seen this offense produce from that position. And personally, I don't even think Austin Hooper is that good of a tight end. I don't. He was a product of the system.
0: I don't think he is either. I don't think Austin Hooper is good at all. Uh, I, I have said that since day one. When people were hyping up Boston Hooper, I said, no, he's not a good tight end. So I was a starter of that of that little bandwagon right there. Now, to the big one, the big trade that everyone was talking Which about. Which got even
1: more juicy Wednesday morning after a report from Michael Irvin. But go ahead, continue.
0: I've heard that that isn't true coming from DeAndre Hopkins. So I, well, of
1: course. He's not going to say that it is.
0: Well, yeah. uh. So, the trade, DeAndre Hopkins and a 2020 fourth-round pick are sent to Arizona for David Johnson, a 2021 fourth-round pick, and a 2020 second-round pick, which is top 10 in the second round. So, let me, let me read that back to you. The Houston Texans traded away DeAndre Hopkins
1: and, and didn't get a first-round pick in return. That is what I can't understand.
0: Or, like, uh, what is a 2021 fourth-round pick going to do for you? Right? Like, that. that's just— That's, that's
1: depth. I mean, it, stop and think about this for a second. Two of, of Houston's best weapons, Jadavian Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins, you trade both of them literally within a calendar year, and you do not fetch a first-round pick in either of those deals.
0: The good news for Houston, they finally have a pick in the first two rounds this year. That's the good oh, news, right? That's that's the upside for Houston. So, w- look, when, when I saw it was DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, did I think, yes, Bill O'Brien's an idiot, but I also thought, okay, David Johnson, not a terrible haul. We've seen what he can do in the past. He was just hurt last year. Now, maybe he lost his gusto. We don't know. But obviously you'd rather DeAndre Hopkins over David Johnson. But at that point, I'm like, okay, not terrible. Let's see what else is a part of the deal, right? He had to have gotten something good. The best thing he got was a second-round pick, and they basically swapped fourth-round picks. They basically swapped fourth-round picks. That That's absurd because yeah. a, a lot of rumors, and I don't know if these are true rumors whatsoever, were saying that Arizona was going to use their first overall pick or, or their pick in the first round on a wide receiver most likely CeeDee Lamb. That that was a, a big rumor going around because Lamb played at Oklahoma, Murray played at Oklahoma. So at this point, if Arizona is interested in DeAndre Hopkins, do you, as Bill O'Brien, let's put on the Bill O'Brien hat for a second, don't get too stupid while you do it. <laughs> if you are Bill O'Brien and you're trading away DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona, would you not think in your head, huh, Okay, if Arizona's willing to go get a big-name wide receiver like DeAndre, they're probably they were probably thinking about maybe grabbing a wide receiver with their first-round pick. Let me get their first-round pick and their second-round pick and a fourth in 2021. Like now, answer me this: If you add a, if you add the 2020 first-round pick from the Arizona Cardinals in this trade to Houston, does the trade isn't the trade a thousand times better?
1: yeah Be- because absolutely
0: because or point, if you're getting
1: the David Johnson from 2016
0: sure but you you got to think and uh, I think a lot this goes over a lot of people's heads is Bill O'Brien didn't want to pay DeAndre Hopkins okay i I don't know why because he's the best all-around receiver in the NFL in my opinion. I don't know why you wouldn't pay him the money that he very well deserves but if you don't want to pay DeAndre Hopkins that money okay. Find a trade partner for him. That's fine. If you don't want to pay him, that's fine. But you better get something good in return. And if you got a twenty twenty first and second with David Johnson, okay, sure, that's fine. But when you when you go out here and say you want Capraley from DeAndre Hopkins, you can't trade for a guy who basically has the exact same cap hit. You can't do that. That makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if David Johnson was floated around to any team in the league. I'm willing to bet that nobody would give up anything more than a 6th round pick. For two reasons. One, because we've seen the diminished skills of David Johnson and two because of the size of that contract in accordance with the des- the decline of skills. So you're basically saying that you got only a 2nd rounder and a 6th rounder in return for arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. This is idiotic. I Yeah. People <laughs> People that say, Bill O'Brien's a good head coach. You just, he, he's made some bad decisions. Okay, people, ready? Here's Bill O'Brien's past, basically. Here's Bill O'Brien's 2020. Call a fake punt up 24 nothing on my own 30 in Kansas City. Proceed to blow game. Trade away DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. That's Bill O'Brien's 2020. That's his entire 2020. Uh, the coronavirus is Bill O'Brien's fault. Um, what else? What Everything bad that's happened in 2020, just blame it on Bill O'Brien. Because clearly, this guy is not the brightest bulb in the shed. And it really gives me hope for, I, I don't know, for, for, this, for the little guy that, that doesn't feel like he, he can do something. But then he sees Bill O'Brien make all this money and go do dumb crap like this. I it ge- it gives me hope for that little guy out there thinking I'm never going to be anything. But then you remember Bill O'Brien is something, but he's an idiot. So uh, th- there's no words to d- to describe this trade. Besides, you know, Oh, when- well, they're all negative. Oh, obvious all ne- <laughs> all negative. We can't say this this is a family-friendly show. We can't say that on air. Uh, I think I think the word you can only use to describe it is the word you uttered out of your mouth when you saw the tweet come across your timeline from Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Jake Laser, whoever it may be. When you saw that tweet come across your timeline, what was the first word you said, Josh?
1: I was speechless.
0: Yeah, so it's...
1: I was, at, like, it was, it was speechless for about five seconds and then it was just like, wow. It was just like reactionary, just like, and then it was a bunch of expletives. Like, how did this happen? If that's all they gave up, why was Philly not involved in this? Which I did hear a report that they inquired about it, but the rumor was, and again, it's a clear rumor. I heard a couple of people mention it, that O'Brien wanted Miles Sanders in return. So I completely understand why Howie Roseman did not make the deal for DeAndre Hopkins giving up, Miles Sanders.
0: The Eagles the Eagles love to inquire about things, but never go through with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's the that's the upside to having a GM who is willing to make trades because really, I mean, there was a, a long time where you didn't see a lot of trades. Sure. And over the last like five years, you're starting to see more of them, especially with prominent players with solid pedigrees.
0: Moving on to our signed free agents, because we could go on about that whole Bill O'Brien's an idiot thing all day. Moving on to our signed free agents. Again, this is as of the time of this show. So don't castrate us if, you know, we're, we're out of date, out of touch. Um, a couple things, you know, some some smaller names. Uh, Seth Roberts signed with Carolina, the wide receiver. Tywan Jones, running back, signed with Buffalo. Uh, Ted Karras signed with uh, the Detroit Patriots. <laughs> uh, unbelievable no, the Miami
1: Patriots.
0: <laughs> no, he deci- he signed with Detroit.
1: I thought he signed with Miami.
0: He signed with Detroit. Sure about that? I I'm looking at it right on spot track right now. I, I there, there was about 9 other Patriots that signed with Miami. Ted signed with the Lions. This is getting out of hand because all former Patriots are going to former Patriots understudies of Bill Belichick and you know what's funny? It literally
1: says here on ESPN, Dolphins add former Patriots lineman Ted Karras. So you got bad information, buddy.
0: Well, I am currently looking at spot track. So, so soon. The Lions
1: traded for safety Deron Harmon from the Patriots.
0: I, I did not know this. What? Yeah. Oh, I love Deron Harmon. He always comes up with the interception in the fourth quarter. Okay. You know what's strange is when you click into Ted Karras' profile It has the Miami Dolphins logo, but it says he signed with the Lions. Yeah. Strange. Okay. Anyways, uh, going, you know, bigger names, I feel like, you know, the biggest fish. It's about freaking time. And I know they haven't released the contract details, but I'm just happy that this whole speculation period is over. Tom Brady is supposedly signing a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank God this is over. Like... Yes, did he not sign back to New England? Is it sad? Sure. I just wanted everybody to shut the F up about it. Because all this speculation... Hey, he's going to go play for the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL. I heard contacts with them. No, shut up. You have no clue what's happening. You're just saying crap, throwing it against the wall, trying to get some clicks and likes. Just wait till he signs. He's finally signed with the Buccaneers. Now... I Is... Okay... I feel like this is a stupid question, but at this point in his career, are you put in a better situation to win with Brady over Winston? That's a legitimate question, I thought, because...
1: I don't think it is, and here's the... Okay, so we know, like, Tom Brady has, over the last four years, has thrown less interceptions than Jameis Winston through just last year. And that's the biggest thing, is that Brady's not going to turn the football over consistently. So that's going to give the team and the defense time. Because with the amount of turnovers that Jameis Winston created, that put added pressure on a Bucs defense that really has a young secondary. And that's really why their numbers were so bad on defense, because they faced a lot of short fields. They were put in a lot of precarious situations where it's like, oh, crap, we can't do this. We're too young. We don't know what we're doing yet. They have a beast of a defensive line. I know Ndamukong Sue uh, is still technically a free agent. All signs are pointing that Tampa Bay will bring him back. They, they, they re-signed uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. They franchise tag Shaq Barrett. They still have Vita Vea. So they still have the making... Levante David's still there. They still have the makings of a solid defense Brady now has probably some of the best weapons that he's had in almost a decade when you look at the skill set of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans I mean,
0: Howard. Yes,
1: you can add OJ Howard but again as long as he's playing under a Bruce Arian system he's not going to be used I'm sorry I, I don't buy this whole well Brady likes his tight end sure that's fine but if the tight ends are designed to stay in and block for you, he's not going to throw them the football. This is not going to happen. Although a very underrated piece of this, I think Dare Ogunbowale is going to be somebody that has top 25 upside as their pass-catching running back. Not because I think he can replicate what James White did in New England, but it's just it's a safety valve. And that's what Brady has always liked because he doesn't want to force balls – he doesn't want to go downfield if he doesn't have to, even though he has somebody like Mike Evans that wins 50-50 balls. So he has that opportunity. But that, that'll that be a solid safety net there. I'm curious to see if they do upgrade that running back position. Uh, having someone like Brady there and the way that he's able to control an offense I think will help Ronald Jones if they do go into the season with him. I don't know that it instantly makes him a top-15 running back because, again, I you know I just don't think he's that talented. But he can still be a serviceable RB2. I think Evans takes a big hit because, again, Brady just, there's not a lot of zip on that ball anymore. And you saw it wane big time towards the end of the year. But Chris Godwin is going to eat next year. He is going to eat and he is going to eat a lot
0: easily. Uh, Another older quarterback that signed, uh, the speculation was true. Philip Rivers signed a one year deal with Indianapolis. So, what does this mean for Jacoby Brissett? We'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. I wouldn't to see what be shocked
1: if he's traded back to New England.
0: That's what I've been saying. I'll take him. I'll take him. I just want—I want anyone besides Jared Stidham. He's not ready, so I'll—I'll I'll take him. Uh, some other names uh, on the offensive line: Connor McGovern signed with the Jets. He's the center. Brian Balaga, right tackle, signed with the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly of the Green Bay Packers.
1: Imagine the Chargers finally going out getting offensive line help and saying, yeah, we're done with Phillip rivers. Like what did Phillip rivers not do for you guys?
0: I I don't know. He put
1: everything out there and the chargers are just like, yeah, you you can throw from the seat of your pants. You're good. Like now rivers going to Indianapolis with one of the best offensive lines in football. He's going to have no idea what to do with himself throwing, standing up.
0: I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It'll be interesting, but you gotta remember, Indy three years ago had like the worst offensive line in football. So yeah. they've done a great job of rebuilding. Uh Jordan Damn. Howard signed a two year deal with the Miami Dolphins. I love that deal. Derek Watt. Uh he goes and joins Roll his back. joins his brother, TJ, in Pittsburgh. Three years, nine point seven million dollar contract. I wonder, uh I wonder who persuaded Pittsburgh to go out and get Derek.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Well, I think part of it too is the amount of injuries that James Conner suffered.
0: Yeah, but what's a you full put a fullback
1: in front of him. I, I think that'll help him. I guess it could. Just saying.
0: One of the bigger ones, uh, Teddy, two gloves signs a three-year, sixty-three million-dollar contract with the Carolina Panthers, and you look at it and I say, "I like this deal." I do too. But you look at it and say, really "Wow, do. he gets twenty million a year. He really hasn't."
1: You know, but he that's has, low. That is very low-end starter money for a
0: quarterback. I don't even think that's like league average at this point. Like it's no. probably it's below league average. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm mad because it debunks my Carolina's going to trade Cam Newton and three first round picks to Cincinnati for Joe Burrow. But I'm interested to see what Bridgewater does because we saw Joe Brady work well with Joe Burrow.
1: I'm well, sure. and Brady worked with Bridgewater in new Orleans two years ago. Exactly. So
0: I'm, I, I like it. Honestly. And there's
1: a lot of good weapons on that Carolina offense.
0: There is. There so, is.
1: And, I mean, Bridgewater's not going to throw downfield a ton, so I think this really does hurt Curtis Samuel. But I think DJ Moore can pick up where he left off because he is a yak monster. So yeah. he can take those short passes and get up the field quickly. So I'm curious to see how that plays out.
0: And Thomas should see some good time as well. I agree. Uh, some other names. Marcus Mariota signed a contract with the Raiders. I don't understand this one. Personally, I, I don't get it. Um <sighs>
1: I think it makes sense. I guess for, but- for, for for a couple reasons. For a couple reasons, one, GM Mike Mayock, like, he was in love with Mariota in 2015. Like Mayock had Mariota as his number one guy. Second, we've all talked about Derek Carr. You know, is Gruden happy with him? Can, can he be the answer? Can he be Gruden's guy? Mariota has a very similar skill set to Rich Gannon. And John Gruden did a lot of great things with Rich Cannon. He throws on the run. He's mobile. You know, for the most part, again, he was in college. I know that's kind of waned a little bit here in the pros, but he he's, he's shown that he can be accurate in the past. He just doesn't have that mean streak that Gruden typically likes out of quarterback. So the fit will be interesting, but at the same token, this is basically them saying, all right, Carr, you're on a short leash, buddy. Like, we need to start winning some games because right now we have a team that can – win some football games they they weren't far off from making the playoffs last year we know they're going to go get a number one wide receiver in the draft I don't think that's any secret at this point they're getting Judy they're getting lamb they're getting somebody whomever they fall in love with that's going to be their guy they've got a number two in Tyrell Williams they've got a quality tight end in Darren Waller a red zone guy in Foster Moreau oh by the way they also signed Jason Witten for God knows whatever reason Josh Jacobs at running back. They re-signed Jalen Richard. They also have a top you know, seven offensive line. They have all the makings there. So it'll be interesting.
0: I agree. It's going to be very interesting. More names. Uh, Jimmy Graham. What the hell, Chicago? <laughs> two years, $16 million.
1: Imagine being the Chicago Bears, watching Jimmy Graham play against you twice a year for the last two years. And thinking you needed to give this guy $16 million.
0: <laughs> like just sitting, you're sitting there, you're, you're Matt Nagy and, and you're like, you know what? You know, Tra- Trey Burton isn't really working out. You know, he's, he's not, he's not, we're they also
1: paying 8 million a year, by the way. Sure.
0: Yeah. So, you know, Tra- Trey Burton hasn't been great over the past couple of years since we signed him. Uh, let's let's, let's look to get an upgrade at, at tight end. Hey, uh, Jimmy Graham sounds great, right? Like he did well in 2011. Like that's just so like why? Again, do I have a personal vendetta against Jimmy Graham? Yes, because he's awful at football. But yeah. I have no words for this one. This is No,
1: this makes zero sense, especially considering the amount of tight ends that Chicago currently has on their roster. They have like eight or nine tight ends on their roster. Like it is unbelievable how bad they are at filling this position. He's terrible.
0: He's going to turn 34 during the season. Why? Like why? Why 8 million? If you signed him for 4 million, maybe I'd be like, okay, it's not a lot of money. Still stupid, but it's yeah, not I a think lot of it's money. It's like
1: nine million or something like that guaranteed, which still is way it's too much. It's Still too
0: but... much money. Like why why have we not learned? Jimmy Graham has not had more than a hundred targets since twenty fourteen. He hasn't had more than sixty receptions since two thousand sixteen. He hasn't had a one thousand yard season since two thousand thirteen. And he's only had double-digit touchdowns once since 2014. What about this guy screams $8 million a year? Like, what about him? Absolutely nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. I want to look and see what his stats are specifically against the Bears. Okay, so week one of last year, three catches, 30 yards, a touchdown. Okay, he scored on you. Congratulations. Uh, The other game, he had one reception for zero yards. Okay, so they definitely looked and said, you know what? Those zero yards, we could use that on our team for $8 million a year. Green Bay Chicago in 2018, two catches for eight yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, And again, three catches for 32 yards, zero touchdowns. Jimmy Graham has had in his entire career against the Chicago Bears while playing with the Green Bay Packers, has had nine catches for roughly 70 yards, in one touchdown against the Bears in four games.
1: Yeah, so they guaranteed him a million dollars per catch.
0: And and they said, hey, Jimmy, you know those awful performances you had against us? What? Why don't you bring him over here? You can do that to your former team. Like, do they, do they think that he's going to pop off against Green Bay? Because he's not. He's not going to do well. It's just... Ugh so so stupid and for all of you that are like oh jimmy graham's in a new offense mitch trubisky is gonna target him because you know he's big along with Allen robinson and you're gonna draft him in the seventh round just jump out your window at that point because you're gonna lose your league okay don't draft jimmy graham in the seventh round that's idiotic don't draft him anywhere that's idiotic like just why would you draft a guy that you consistently know wherever you draft him he's not gonna finish that high Every year he's drafted as a tight end one. And for the last four years, he has not finished as a tight end one. What do you want? It's not going to change. Jimmy Graham is no longer good at football. That's it. He's good at wreck basketball in a 40 and up league. That's all he can do at this point. (laughs) Cleveland Browns made a lot of moves. Austin Hooper, we talked about four years, 42 million. Eh.
1: I but don't like this deal at it's all
0: too much money. Like he's not, he's not worth 10 and a half million. Like I'd rather give Jimmy Graham two years at 16. That's what we're talking about here. Austin Hooper. That's, that's not a good deal. Now, do you not like David and Joku that much?
1: Well, I think here's to me, the motivation behind the deal. So Kevin Stefanski ran, I believe it was either the most or the second most two tight end sets last year, which again, goes to their desire to want to run the football. Okay. Austin Hooper is not a blocking tight end.
0: I was just about to say, Hooper can't block.
1: David Njoku is not a blocking tight end. So what you're basically telling me is you got him to line up in the slot, which, oh, by the way, Jarvis Landry occupies that. So you're paying him now $11 million a year to be a glorified what exactly? Decoy. Decoy. I mean, I just – this screams terrible, terrible, terrible deal to me. It's just awful. It it makes zero sense. Like, you could have have kept Njoku as your your top pass-catching tight end and brought in an actual blocking tight end to run that two tight end sets. I mean, just looking at last year, when you look at the tight end position from Minnesota, I mean, you look at – uh, Rudolph finished as tight end 16, and then you go all the way down to Irv Smith at 33. Like, to me, that's about what you would expect. Yeah. I think Hooper is probably a low-end tight end one, and by low end, I'm thinking like tight end 11 or 12. And, that's pro- and Njoku has zero value in a redraft, none whatsoever, Absolutely unless Hooper gets there. hurt, which, again, we've seen him do, so it's possible, but... Yeah, I this for fantasy purposes is terrible. From an NFL standpoint, it still makes zero sense.
0: Another bad move, in my opinion. Uh, Case Keenum, like six million a year to be a backup, roughly. Uh, that doesn't
1: that doesn't mean it. Like that to me is backup quarterback money nowadays.
0: Sure, sure. It's just, I guess.
1: And again, it, it's the same concept with Foles and Nagy in Chicago. Keenum played with Stefanski in Minnesota previously.
0: Sure. The one move I do like was Jack Conklin. Three years, $42 million. Uh Oh, that soft, was
1: a fantastic, fantastic.
0: Solid, look. solid right tackle. Great run blocker. Uh, he's had some ups and downs, you know, over the past few years. But his rookie year, he was an all-pro. So, you, you know this what this also, guy can
1: be. Yeah, this also helps Cleveland in the draft. Because now they have the option to... Maybe an offensive tackle falls to them, and they can get a bookend to go with Conklin. Or if there's a run on them, and they miss out, okay, fine. We'll maybe we can get a you know a prospect in the the second round. But it doesn't put the added pressure that hey we have to get a lineman because now we we've put an anchor at least at one spot on the line.
0: A couple other moves. Uh, and then I want to kind of cover defense a little bit. Uh, Eric Flowers, guard, signs with the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to absolutely butcher this name. Hala-poly-vitae. vitae hala poopoo bala <laughs> um, Guard. vitae Guard, when I saw this, it was one of the first moves I saw, I'm like, that's a good move for Detroit. He's a guard. Uh, he played in Philly, well, he, plays, he
1: Yeah, he plays guard and tackle. He was kind of our swing tackle in Philly. Uh, he filled in for Peters a couple years ago uh, during our Super Bowl run. Um, when they tried to move him to right tackle to fill in for Lane Johnson, he absolutely bombed. Like He, he, really, he plays better on the left side, but even then, he's average at best. 10 million a year. I mean that to me that's average money for a left tackle nowadays, especially for left tackles that hit the free agent market.
0: Sure. Definitely. So, but I, I I like the move honestly. I I thought it was I thought it was well, a I mean it was
1: needed move. for Detroit. Yes. Very. It was absolutely needed. I mean they've had an atrocious offensive line.
0: Very. Going over some defensive signings. There's a lot of decent defensive signings here.
1: Um, oh, my favorite was the trade. The trade? Oh, uh Buckner to Indianapolis.
0: Oh, yes. So I I, can, I forgot about that. With all this news, it kind of gets flooded. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. I think, honestly, both teams got a solid deal.
1: Oh, absolutely. I Easy. mean, Indy has to spend money. That, and that's the thing is the way that the salary cap and the CBA is structured, you have to spend X amount of money over a three-year period. And Indy just absolutely shredded everything when Chris Ballard came in They focused on building through the draft and they've made a lot of great draft picks. I mean, Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard being two of the tops on that list, but now like they have to start signing these guys to either extensions or free agent contracts. Like that's why they paid Devin Funches, what they paid him because they needed to spend money and it was only a one year deal. So whatever. Now it's like, all right, they've got to spend some Boku bucks. So you give Philip Rivers one year, 25 million. You go out and you swing this deal like they, I don't think they've actually had a first round pick or since Quentin Nelson, like every move they've made, it's been to like trade back and get additional second rounders. So trading the first, you know, their first pick at 13 overall, not all that surprising to me. You get a bona fide defensive stud in DeForest Buckner. You gave them, you give them a monster extension, which is reportedly about 21 million per year. That's a win for Indy. But on the flip side of that, San Francisco just paid Eric Armstead. I think it was five years, eighty-five million is what they gave him. A lot of who body. was a former first-round pick. They drafted Nick Bosa last year. They still have Solomon Thomas. Like they, they have a defensive line full of first-rounders. So one of them was going to get left off the list. I personally would have moved on from Thomas and kept Buckner, but that's just me. But if you, if you knew you were going to pay Armstead. You know, obviously, you're going to have to pay both of them. You can't pay all of them fifteen to twenty million a year. You just can't do it.
0: One of them had to go. Yeah, and
1: so I think this is a good deal for them because of the the trades that they made. Like you know, trading for Emmanuel Sanders, they didn't have a second, third, or fourth round draft pick, I believe. So by now, you have two firsts, so you have a lot of wiggle room here. At 13 overall, sure, you could draft probably an impact player, or you could look to someone like say, oh, I don't know. Philadelphia, who potentially could be looking to move up to get a wide receiver, depending on what they do over the next four five weeks, trade back, accumulate a couple of mid-round picks, and now you've replenished your draft capital.
0: Definitely. Uh, some other bigger names out there on the defensive market that have been signing. Dante Fowler leaves the Rams, signs a three-year, $48 million contract with Atlanta. Ironically, uh, the Rams... Signed an outside linebacker to take his place in Leonard Floyd uh, to He's a cut. lighter contract of one year, ten million. So, I to me they're both interchangeable. It is what it is. Dante Fowler's not all that. Gerald McCoy signs a deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Great way to spend yeah, your money, Dallas. Thing. Like what are you doing,
1: uh, Malcolm? I mean, McCoy's still a threat. He can still get in the um, get up the field. I believe Rod Marinelli is still involved with Dallas on their defensive line, which again. McCoy played with Marinelli in Tampa, so there's a fit there.
0: Malcolm Jenkins signs a contract with the Saints. Nothing that else. hurt. Yeah, all I'm, that yeah. hurt. All that hurt. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big Malcolm Jenkins fan. Uh, Danny Shelton goes to Detroit Patriots and signs a two-year, eight million contract. Joe Schobert leaving uh, Cleveland for Jacksonville. Trey Wayne. Oh, that's a nice deal for them. It was Trey Wayne's leaving. Um, Minnesota, duh, to for Cincinnati. Cincinnati needs a lot. That's
1: just laughable. It is laughable. Trey Wayne's garbage.
0: Well, he's better than anything Cincinnati had last so year. Bad. Better than anything Cincinnati had last hey, year. Hey, do
1: not slander Michael or William Jackson that way. Okay. William Jackson is fantastic.
0: Okay, fine. Outside of William Jackson. They they're terrible. They're absolutely awful. Jeff Heath signs a two year contract with the now Las Vegas
1: Raiders. Who also just signed Eli Apple. As well, yes. From the Saints,
0: Vic Beasley signs a one-year deal with Tennessee. Blake Martinez signs a three-year deal with the Giants. A lot of people are flaming this deal, and I don't know why.
1: I, I actually like that deal. Martinez is a solid tackler. Their defensive coordinator now, uh, Patrick Graham, I believe is his name. He was with Green Bay either last year or a couple of years ago, and he has experience with Martinez. So, yeah. And and that's the thing. That's what these coaches do. Like they want to bring in players that have experience in their scheme. Because now they become a locker room leader and to ultimately be coaches on the field for the rest of the guys that are still learning their system.
0: Blake Martinez has had over 90 solo tackles the last three years and has combined 144, 144, and 155 since 2017. He's played in all 16 games after his rookie season. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why people are making a big fuss about this deal. Blake Martinez... Is a good player. Now, might he be in the wrong spot sometimes? Sure. I'm not telling you he's a grade A linebacker, but he tackles. He doesn't miss tackles. That's the big thing. He knows where to be in the run game, and the passing game is a different story. He knows where to be in the run game, and he's an efficient guy in the pass game. But he was second in tackles last year. How are you mad if you're a Giants fan? knowing you have the the guy who had the second most tackles in the NFL last yeah,
1: year. Yeah, especially now coming onto a defense that couldn't tackle to save their life last year.
0: I mean, like, that's a, a no-brainer, in my opinion. You need a guy to plug the middle after Ezekiel Elliott runs past your defensive line. Blake Martinez is that guy. Now, he's not going to stuff him three yards across the line of scrimmage because that's not his job. His job that's is that's Leonard st- Williams's job. Exactly, Martinez's job is to stop him before getting to the second level. Martinez excels at that. This is a great signing for the Giants, in my opinion. Robert Quinn, what an idiotic contract Chicago gave him! Five years, seventy million. He's not worth that at all. So no. Quinn goes there. Uh, some other ones. Eric Murray signs a three-year deal with Houston. Again, Houston just reluctantly giving, you know, the money to the wrong people. Uh, Javon Hargrave signs a three-year deal with Philadelphia. Shaq Lawson, three-year deal with Miami. Michael Brockers, three-year deal with Baltimore. You see a theme here? Mario Addison, three-year deal with Buffalo. A.J. Klein, yep, you guessed it, three-year deal with Buffalo. Big one, Byron Jones signs a five-year deal with Miami.
1: Oh, I love this deal.
0: Now, Byron Jones is a good, solid defensive back. Your issue, and why a lot of people were skeptical skeptical about giving him this giant contract...
1: Because he doesn't make interceptions.
0: He doesn't create turnovers. Which, when you look at a lot of these guys being paid DB1 money, they're good coverage guys, but they excel in terms of they create turnovers.
1: So, this, this is what I love about this deal. Okay. So, Miami now has the number one and number two highest paid corners. And I'm including, obviously, Xavier Howard in this deal. And Joe, I know you're not a huge Xavier Howard fan.
0: Yeah, because he's bad.
1: Byron Jones can be a lockdown corner. Sure. Okay. Now, quarterbacks have to decide which side they're going to throw to. Howard is respected, Howard also creates turnovers. He knows how to, he's a ball hawk. But that's the thing with ball hawks, a la Marcus Peters. They sometimes get beat and they can get beat. So if quarterbacks are looking away from Byron Jones and targeting Xavier Howard, that defense now is going to create turnovers because Howard's going to turn the, he's going to create turnovers because of his ball hawking skills. So say what you want about his coverage grades, but he knows how to find the football. So this, to me, is a win-win for both sides. Now, obviously, there's a lot up in the air with Xavier Howard in terms of, you know, domestic issues and how the NFL might come down and punish, et cetera, whatever. But they now have a solid tandem on the outside. They've built up their defensive line, Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van Noy. They've spent a lot of money here on defense. So what does that tell you? that they're going to do during the draft.
0: Offense, offense, offense.
1: They're going to use some of these excess picks to trade up to get the quarterback that they want. They're going to fill in the rest of their offense and use everything else for depth. I have absolutely loved what Miami has done this off- this offseason. I don't particularly like the Eric Flowers contract because I don't think Eric Flowers is all that good. But he did look better the second half of the year playing guard for Washington. So if they keep him at guard, I think this this deal should be okay. You add Ted Karras, who's a veteran in the middle. You know, if these guys stay healthy, you know they can add another tackle potentially at eighteen if they don't move that pick. Um, Josh Jones comes to mind. Andrew Jackson from USC. There, there's some guys that they could plug in to play opposite you know, on one of those bookends, I, I really, really, really like what Miami's done this this offseason. I'm very impressed.
0: I agree. I think Miami's done a very good job. And a couple other signings they've had, Kyle Van Noy, four years, $51 million. I think they way overpaid for Van Noy. He's... Well,
1: probably. But, again, that that's a Flores guy. I mean, you know, sure. Patriot system, you know, he's going to bring leadership onto that team. And that's the thing is that they're not going to go out, they're not going to spend $20 million on a defensive end because – uh, you know, their their defensive ends in these schemes are more so designed to put pressure on quarterbacks, not yes. necessarily to sack the quarterback. I, I mean, I, even looking at, like, Trey Flowers in New England a couple years ago, like, his sack totals weren't insanely high. And what, nine and a half, I think?
0: I, I think he, and, he averaged, like, eight sacks over his career in New England.
1: Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a respectable good number. number.
0: It's a good number. It's not a great number. But when you yeah. look at his pressure rating... That's what
1: exactly. And that's what, that's what these guys want. They want to pressure the quarterback into making mistakes.
0: Another new England linebacker leaving Uh, Jamie Collins signs a three year deal with Detroit. He again leaves new England after having a solid year and is now going to go to another team and have a bad year because at least
1: this time they're running a similar scene
0: scheme. But Belichick's not his coach. That, uh, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm
1: not saying that, you know, because here's the thing. Cleveland ran a completely different scheme the last time around. Yes. So, at least this time around, I would like to think that Matt Patricia would be able to put Collins in similar situations to be able to maximize the potential. But again, we're talking about Matt Patricia, who's not a very smart coach.
0: Exactly. Uh The Green Bay Packers, as we talked about, they lost Blake Martinez. They sign Christian Kirksey to a two-year $13 million deal, and that's cheap-ass money for a guy who's really good. If you're wondering why they got him so cheap, it's because he's been injured. And that's the issue is you go from a guy in Martinez who you know is going to be on the field every week to a guy in Christian Kirksey who you have no clue if he's even going to play at all during the season. But his upside is fantastic, so good deal there. And the last one that I kind of want to note that I see is uh, C.J. Fendulum. And you probably have no clue his name, never even heard of him. Uh, He's listed as a safety, but he's a solid special teams guy. And no, he's not going to New England, but he is going to the Miami Patriots. So Brian Flores taking after his mentor in Bill Belichick and signing guys to bolster his special teams. So I I like the C.J. Fedgeland pick. And one last one, uh, just because it's funny to make fun of Dave Gettleman, uh, James Bradbury signs a three year, $43.5 million contract. James I Brad- laughed
1: so hard when that contract came across my Twitter feed.
0: James Bradbury is not worth that money. Not at all. I mean,
1: he's good in press coverage, but again, I mean, you bring in a guy like Joe Judge, the, whomever they brought in at DC, I don't know off the top of my head, but, you know, they, they, again, much like these Patriots head coaches, they value versatility. James Bradbury is an absolute liability in zone coverage. Easy. Like, I just, I don't, that's what I don't understand. Like, someone like Byron Jones can play both, but he is better at press, sure. But, and again, that goes back to him being a safety as well. It's the positional versatility. A couple other signings that I do want to bring up that you uh, failed to, Joe. Uh, Blake Jarwin re-ups with Dallas. Now that Jason Witten's moved on, maybe we actually get to see some potential here with Blake Jarwin. Just throwing that out there, yeah. could be a late round tight end guy that you 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 find. Uh, another one, Amari Cooper does re-sign with Dallas, so I got my prediction wrong, and we all knew he was going to get $20 million, 60 million guaranteed. Whew. Hey, this is good for Michael Gallup, though, in my opinion. So I'm happy about that um, from a fantasy perspective, not a real life perspective. And then two that I just want to laugh at: one, Randall Cobb to Houston, three years, twenty seven million. Mm. It feels like Houston is doing exactly what Dallas, or not Dallas, but the Giants did last year, where they jettison their number one wide receiver and then just try to fill in holes with a bunch of twos and threes and just pray that they can run the football.
0: So so to speak on that Cobb thing, you now have Will Fuller, Kiki Cutie, Kenny Stills, and Randall Cobb. Where do all four of those guys run their routes?
1: Uh, From the sidelines on IR.
0: Well, yes, that too. But when they're on the field, they primarily run most of their routes from the slot. Will Fuller will be on the outside sometimes, obviously for, you know, deep balls. But he primarily runs out of the slot. Cutie runs out of the slot almost exclusively. Cobb has never run anywhere outside of the slot. And Kenny Stills can kind of flex both areas. But primarily... He's been a guy to run out of the slot, and that's where he gets open. You now have four guys that are supposed to run out of the slot, when in reality, you can really only have two that run out of the slot because you need two guys to spread out wide, and then you can put the other two in the middle.
1: Again, exactly what the Giants did. Sterling Shepard, typically out of the slot. Golden Tate, typically out of the slot.
0: They made it work. But at least Golden Tate's good at football. Like, Golden Tate is good. And... They at least they had Darius Slayton, right? He was a rookie, but they the had rookie, Darius yeah. Slayton, and he yeah. turned out to be a solid rookie too. Uh, he yeah. should he should look good going into his second year. But you had Darius Slayton. You don't have anybody. Will Fuller is a one-trick pony. He runs straight, and even then, he might pull a hamstring. And I didn't even see this. Cobb got 19 million guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, honestly, why are you a Texans fan? If you're listening to this, if you're a Texans fan, just find a new team. There's 31 other teams that will happily accept you into their fan group. Because if you're if, if you're a Texans fan, this is sad.
1: I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson. Ugh. I feel like, bad for the. Fans. I mean, they, they have just well, no. I mean, I feel bad for the fans, but like for everything that Deshaun Watson has done for this, like he, I mean, there's been times where he's literally had to carry this team.
0: Uh, the the because game the game against else. Buffalo the game against Buffalo last year where he evaded the sack five times then threw on his side for a touchdown to put them ahead yes they yeah. he has literally he has been the one thing that has allowed Houston to be a playoff team
1: yeah and now you've taken away his number one option you've given him a running back that is very great at catching passes but can't run up the middle. So, and, oh, by the way, Bill O'Brien doesn't really throw to running backs. I mean, we saw that even last year, hoping that Duke Johnson would be something, and he wasn't.
0: Speaking of Duke Johnson, this, again... Why do teams hate him? Why do coaches hate him? Oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate it.
1: Good God. I'm over this.
0: So, ready? Let's play this game. Isn't Duke Johnson just... And let's go back to David Johnson, like, 2017, 2016, whatever it was. Isn't Duke Johnson like Walmart brand David Johnson 2016 because basically they do the same thing. Yes. They're very good at pass catching and spreading out wide. They can spread defenses, they can make them uncomfortable and cause mismatches. Duke Johnson in my opinion. He's
1: just 25 30 pounds lighter.
0: Yes. And he it. he runs like a truck. David Johnson wants to make you miss and Duke Johnson wants to do that too but Duke Johnson has no problem dropping his helmet and getting his nose dirty. I don't know if David Johnson still wants to do that. Duke Johnson, I know, will do that. And you said it. Why did teams hate Duke Johnson? I don't know. I think Duke Johnson is one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL for the sole reason no one will play him. And it shows when he's on the field, he is one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL. Agreed. I don't get it.
1: And then then we can end with this one unless you have anything else you want to add. Go for it. The Titans re up Ryan Tannehill four (laughs) years, hundred and eighteen million with ninety one million in potential guarantees.
0: Let's just (laughs) a moment of silence for Titans fans. Like Nashville already had the deal with a tornado. Now they have to now they have to go with Ryan Tannehill. Like I'm sorry, that city has not had luck lately. The Predators aren't haven't been great. NHL season canceled, which is the best team in town. Um the the tornado, which was terrible. I didn't even I didn't realize how bad it was until like the morning after. Oh, yeah. It was oh, yeah. I again, condolences to everyone out there. And now Ryan Tannehill. Like oh, come on, man. Like you tagged Derrick Henry, you did the right thing there. Give it another year to see, okay, is Derrick Henry really going to continue this over a full season? Or are we just looking at Derrick Henry's only going to do this from week nine and on?
1: Yeah, but you basically locked Tannehill in for three years.
0: Oh, it's it's just.
1: That's the downside.
0: Come on, guys. Like, what are we doing? Did you not listen to the show and hear me say that Ryan Tannehill's just bad at football? Like, how do you? Oh, okay, what did Alex Smith sign with the Chiefs, right? What did he sign for?
1: Oh, God, I don't know.
0: Because Alex Smith is a better version of Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion. Now, if Ryan Tannehill can develop into maybe what Alex Smith did his last year in Kansas City, maybe we have a different story. Because his, um, enti- his entire back career— Back
1: in 2014, it was a four-year extension worth $68 million.
0: Okay, so at the time... But I mean, uh,
1: okay, but again, that was a different era of quarterback contracts. No,
0: no, sure, but so I'm saying at the time, that's probably comparable to what Tannehill got now. That's probably yeah, very I mean, comparable. Yeah, Tannehill's
1: not averaging $30 million a year, so... Not at all, yeah. but
0: it's just... Oh, come on, guys. Like, what are we doing? Seriously, what are we doing? We're signing bad players to these contracts. We're signing Randall Cobb with $19 million guaranteed. It's just, why? Like, why was there not another quarterback that could could hand the ball off for less money? Was there not that guy? Like, let's be honest. If you wanted to give Ryan Tannehill money because you thought, hey, he carried you to the playoffs, he he helped you, you know, get to the AFC Championship last year, sure. If you thought that, take a step back and realize that Derrick Henry carried your team. Ryan Tannehill. Did nothing, and when you relied on him to actually do something in the AFC Championship, he crapped his pants. Cause he yep. can't, he can't play football unless there is a two hundred. How much does Derrick Henry weigh at this point?
1: Unless there's a four hundred. Two forty-three, I think. Two fifty-three, something like that. Two
0: hundred fifty pounds of pure muscle that runs a four-four sitting behind him. He can't do it. Ryan Tannehill can't win a football game unless there is a reliable running back behind him with a solid offensive line. Oh, he lost his right tackle, by the way. Like, his best offensive lineman. Everyone's like, what about Taylor Lewan?" lewan has been really hot and cold lately. He's not been the solid stud left tackle that he was a couple years ago. He's been very hot and cold the past few years. I, I, I think it's stupid. Now, I don't think it affects... A.J. Brown, Adam Humphrey. I don't think it affects those guys. I think their fantasy value is right where it would be. But if Derrick Henry left, I, I don't think A.J. Brown even finish his top 30. Because at, at that point, you're relying on Ryan Tannehill. And you can't rely on Ryan Tannehill to win you football games. I, I hate the move. Absolutely hate the move.
1: I mean, I understand bringing him back. I do. I get not it.
0: Not for that money.
1: No, not definitely not for that money.
0: And for that long too, like sign. But, that,
1: but that's and that's that's the issue that teams find themselves in with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks make the most money, plain and simple. And if you tried to lowball him at twenty five million, somebody was going to come up. They were going to give him more money. And now you're stuck with Plan B. And for most teams, there is no Plan B at the quarterback position.
0: I, I would have I would have taken whatever plan B they had. It's just At this point, right, so what what I loved is something that Denver did, I believe, two years ago, is after Case Keenum's big year in Minnesota, they said, All right, Case, we saw you had a really good year last year. We're gonna sign you to a two year, I think it was like thirty eight million dollar deal. It would probably be nowadays two-year, let's say, $50 million deal for Ryan Tannehill. Let's just say roughly that, because that would be about $25 million annually, which is roughly what he's getting now. So you look at it like that. The contract Denver signed for Case Keenum was, okay, Case, prove to us in year one that you can actually play football. He didn't prove that, so they let him go. And that that's perfectly fine. I loved that idea from Denver. Why, if you're Tennessee, would you not do the same damn thing? Say, okay, Tannehill, we're going to give you more responsibility under center this year. Prove to us you can actually play a full sixteen games and win us games with the game on your sh- with the game on the line. That's what they should have done. Instead, they threw all this money and said, eh, "You're good enough." Like, that's just so stupid. All you had to do was sign him to a prove-it deal. But you signed him to a starter's contract. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was stupid. And maybe you're right. Maybe someone would have come along and said, okay, Tannehill, we saw you got two. You got the offer 2 for 50 from Tennessee. We're willing to give you 3 for 70. One more year, a little less money, AAV will give you more guaranteed. Sure, a team could have definitely came across and said that. But this shows that they're literally, they're putting all their marbles in Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And if it doesn't work, then what are they going to do? There's no backup plan. Like, they, their, whatever their backup plan was, should have been plan A. Because plan A being Ryan Tannehill is not a good plan. I know he's been better since Adam Gase. He's not a winning quarterback. He does not take you. Last year you finished in the AFC Championship. You were the second best team in the AFC finished in the playoffs. Does this re-signing of Ryan Tannehill and everything that Tennessee's done so far this offseason put them as the winners in the AFC? No. No, because that's the next step they have to take is winners of the AFC. This puts them nowhere near that. Now, might they win their division, which they failed to do last year? Yes, because Bill O'Brien... Oh, they
1: absolutely could, because Houston is imploded.
0: Because Bill O'Brien... Jacksonville
1: looks like they're rebuilding.
0: Indy's the only contender, really.
1: Yeah, and who knows, because Phillip Rivers looked washed last year, so...
0: Terrible. So, really, your competition is Deshaun Watson carrying the team on his shoulders, and Indianapolis minus Phillip Rivers. So, By the
1: way, another signing, go ahead. Chris Harris to the Chargers.
0: Oh, not to the Eagles. It's, it's really hard. Re- Josh, I want to put myself in your shoes. It must be really hard being an Eagles fan, seeing all these cornerbacks and wide receivers sign with other teams and Philly oh, not doing me. anything about it.
1: Absolutely killing me. I did like the Hargrave signing, the defensive tackle. Um, because I mean, that, that's how he's MO, you know, you build from the inside out. So they're going to, they're going to focus on their lines because a good pass rush helps mitigate a poor secondary, or at least makes a poor secondary look average at best. So it, it's... I, I don't know. We'll see. But I, but here's the thing. Most of the, like the free agent wide receivers, most of them haven't signed yet. Sure. And Robbie Anderson's still out there. Prashad Perriman's still out there. Uh, Demarcus Robinson's still out there. And those are all three guys that Philly has been linked with. Um, they tried to trade for Darius Slay at the deadline last year. I would not be shocked if how he makes a move to get Slay. But seeing what Byron Jones just signed for, maybe he's cautious about giving up a second or third round pick to get Slay and then ultimately having to extend him. But maybe that's why they decided to move on from Jenkins because they wanted the money for a shutdown corner. I don't know. So... But again, they have a ton of draft capital, so maybe they just really want to build it through the draft. I at this point, I have no idea what what Philly's doing.
0: I just can't wait for the whole offseason to go by and Philly not sign a single wide receiver or defensive back of note. I'm just yeah. waiting. I can't wait. I, this has been. I mean, a-
1: I, I don't. I wouldn't mind Perriman if it's like a one year or like a two year with a uh, or one year with a, an option for a second. Like, something like that I wouldn't mind because, all right, hey, the guy has speed. There's no doubt about that. And over the last couple of years, he's actually learned how to catch the football. So maybe he can develop something with, with Wentz. I don't know. Uh, but, again, that's a low-risk type deal with upside, and I can handle that. But and then if you're telling me, hey, we're going to go into the draft, we're going to get our guys, those guys better hit. you know. And that's the thing is half the time you don't know until year three.
0: One can hope. It's just, I don't know, this has been a the crazy show. We've gone all over the map, and I'm sure come next week there will be plenty more to discuss in terms of, you know, uh, implications fantasy-wise and more signings that are going to happen over the next week. It is, it is not the end, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but one thing quickly before we go, we are still doing our NFL draft coverage, whether Uh, travel restrictions bearing. Hopefully I can still make my way to Florida uh, and be in person. But if not, we will still be doing our draft show on Twitch. So be sure we're still doing that. Uh, Even though the draft is not happening in Vegas, it's going to happen some other way. We'll still be doing it. Josh, anything else for today's show?
1: Uh, Nothing for today. Uh, Obviously with everybody mostly hunkering down and not being able to work, uh, Joe, you and I, we've talked about potentially doing a, a second podcast per week. We'll see what happens, but, you know, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We'll announce some stuff on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, social media, ha- handles all that good stuff. And um, yeah, everybody stay safe, limit social interactions. Please don't spread this. It's easy to overlook because, oh, it only affects the elderly, blah, blah, blah. Don't buy into it. Just be safe. Take care of yourselves
0: wash your hands
1: which you should be doing already anyway
0: don't use hand sanitizer it doesn't work okay please use soap don't don't go don't go take a number two and just be like ah purell's good no use some soap people come on when did we forget when did we forget hygiene oh monsters we monsters we live with josh in this world absolute monsters terrible we're talking to you people you're the monsters we're also included in the monsters, but we're talking about it so we won't you know crap on ourselves. We're just gonna call you the monsters And just keep in mind, we love you and we hope you support the show but you are a monster okay We're all monsters actually technically if we break this down, Josh, right? We're oh all, you're still
1: going on this show.
0: <laughs> We're all technically monsters you ever you ever been you ever been in your house for too long and you just start thinking dumb crap. This is what I'm thinking, right? We're all technically monsters, right? Because I'm, you know, I'm sitting here next to my cat one day, and she looks at me and in and, you know, wide eyes and is like, looks like the fear of gods in her eyes. And I'm like, to her, I'm a monster because I'm 10 times her size. And if we look at a bear that's 10 times our size, we're like, ah, oh, that's a monster. Or we look at Derrick Henry, it's like, ah, oh, that's a monster. We're all monsters, people. Just choose to be a good one, like, like Mike Wazowski. Just be a good monster. Josh, anything to add on that?
1: No, I don't.
0: All right, fantastic. That was a great little one minute riff that I had at the end. <laughs> this has been No Pun intended presented by Club Fantasy. You can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. URL's clubfantasyffl.com. If you're listening on 97.3 Sunshine Jams in Miami Fort Lauderdale, first, thank you. Excuse me. Second, if you missed any of the shows, be sure to listen back to them on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, we promise we are on there. Always remember, defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football. Say safe, people, during this time, and we will see you next week.